Welcome to the Expert Speak Podcast with Michael DeLon. Each episode features a leading expert who shares helpful insights, practical tips, and memorable stories that will inspire you, educate you, and help you enjoy more success, freedom, and purpose in your life. For the next few minutes, enjoy listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. And welcome to another episode of Experts Speak. I'm Michael DeLon, and today I am talking with Jake Stahl. Now, Jake, first of all, thank you, sir, for uh, squeezing me into your calendar and being with me. My, my the honor is all mine, so thank you. <laughs> well, you're welcome. It is going to be a phenomenal conversation because Jake does something that I don't know that I've ever talked with anybody who does this. He does. Uh, he's an expert at what he calls conversational dynamics to help businesses really grow and, and do cool things. So I'm not really sure what that means, Jake. So we're going to get into it here in a minute. Sure. But as, before we dive into that deep, deep, deep in, let me ask you, how in the world did you get doing what you're doing today? I appreciate you asking. I grew up in an era where kids were seen and not heard. So mm -hmm. I had the true benefit of having a father who had a very successful business in a small community. So I get to sit in on a lot of uh, impromptu business meetings and just listen. So as I grew older, I, I got really just curious about the way people interact and what worked and what didn't. And this was way before neurolinguistics, but I was really fascinated by how certain pitches worked and how certain ones didn't. Uh, but yeah, my my dad in the community set a great example. So that's what I made my career around. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, kudos to your dad and kudos to you for for having the uh, the the awareness to see that and to go. That's kind of fascinating. How does all this stuff work? So, so let's let's talk about. I mean, you, you've been super successful in in your career. You, your 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 work spans the globe, and you help people in a lot of different ways. But you you have this term that that is really intriguing to me is conversational dynamics. What in the world is that? Well, Michael, you're very fortunate. You have a great podcast that you worked years to make successful. So you're fully aware of conversational dynamics when it comes to speaking with people and getting the best out of a conversation. That's what I work on with companies is how do they get the best out of a conversation with their customers? Many times a company will rely on a sales script or a, a one size fits all model. And they eventually get dissatisfied with the fact that it's not producing the results they had hoped for. So when I meet with a company, I talk to them about improving conversations with their clients. And when they say, well, what do you mean? My, my conversations are going great. I say, do me a favor, hang up with me and call your company. Call the customer satisfaction line, yeah. call the salespeople and tell me whether you're happy with the conversation. And nine times out of 10, a, a CEO or a CEO will call me back and go, okay, you're right. Say, don't, don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> No, do it. Just don't. Yeah, because you got to be prepared because it's it's rarely is it what we as the CEO think it should. Exactly be. right. Exactly right. Yeah, and and if if that conversation with that if that first conversation uh, goes a goes astray, there many times isn't a second, and we wonder exactly. why we're not getting the revenue we want. So we blame marketing or somebody else probably because it can't be our sales force, right? Exactly right. So, so let's let's unpack that a little bit. Sure. Um, conversational dynamics. I know you've got this adaptive conversational blueprint and things, but mm -hmm. let's let's talk about what what's different about your approach and and how you work with people to to have. I love what you said. 
conversations, because that's really where it should be. Sure. So let's first of all talk about how sales is really different than any other conversation we have. Mm-hmm. A lot of sales companies will say, we make 100 calls because we found that we close one out of every 100. And we get a big ticket item, one out of every 200. So the answer is to increase the number of calls we make. But Michael, that's nothing like we deal with anything in reality. Right. When I go to make a friend, I don't think I have to, to meet <laughs> 350 people today to make a friend. So I'm going to go and meet 350 people. Yeah. So something happens when we go from reality to the world of business where we say reality is what I make of it when it comes to the conversations, but business is just a math game for getting sales. And the reality is it isn't. The reality is that you can up your chances of getting a sale just by taking a little bit of time. Don't focus on how many calls you make a day. Don't focus on how many sets. Focus somewhere between total quality and total quantity. But that, Michael, is often different from company to company. That's why interview them first and put them through a rigorous interview process before we even get started. Yeah. Now that's so cool. It's um, it's funny because when you were you were explaining that 350 calls, let's up the. I thought sales is like speed dating, right? You just go, go, <laughs> exactly. go, go. Yeah, it's not, so so true. Not how I want to meet my mate for life, right? No, that's for sure. On the flip side, I don't know if you ever read this book or even agree with it. Uh, years ago, a guy named Neil Rackham wrote a book called Spin Selling, and it it was just an acronym, but it was really about kind of what you're talking about is is getting having a conversation and finding out where the pain points are, but then pausing and, and diving in more instead of saying, well, okay, I can solve that for you. Here's my widget. Here's my thing. No, no. Let's find out what's really going on. What's the pain involved? What happens? And am I even the right? Do I even have a solution that's right for you? Or do I need to refer you to somebody else, even though that's going to cost me a sale? I mean, is is that kind of how you... Work with people in, in the getting to know the, the client or the customer or what, what's your message? So let, let's talk a little bit about the word conversation. Okay. So conversation, when you look at two five-year-olds, it's blissfully easy. I like trucks. What do you like? My favorite color is pink. What's yours? That's my mom. Which one is yours? It's a great back and forth and the kids don't even think about it. Oh. And then as we get older we kind of start to lose that. We want to influence. And so part of influencing people think is talking versus listening. So part of this, Michael, is going back to the definition of conversation. And a good conversation is a healthy back and forth. So about 20 years ago, I developed something called the 210 rule. And it's a way to just ensure that you're going back and forth with your customers. And it says basically, at a maximum of two minutes, have an interaction with your customer. At a maximum of 10 minutes, regroup, summarize what you talked about, ensure understanding, and then move forward. Now, how you do that, whether it's spin selling or uh, whether it's value-based selling, whatever you want it to be is fine. I am not here to replace your methodology. What I'm here to do is enhance it. So my 210 rule is kind of like the police tape around a conversation. We're saying, don't go beyond this tape. Stay within it. And the funny thing is, Michael, I've helped companies 3X their sales. I've helped customer service teams increase their scores by up to one and a half stars. But it's difficult because it's Mm -hmm. so unlike what we're doing right now. And that's why the two minute and 10 minute parameter is in place. 
Okay, uh, two things there. Number one, it's different because right now, dude, there is no pressure. Right? There's not a All closing right. question coming. And I'm not trying, and nothing's on the line. And it's really interesting because when you can do that in a sales situation, the world opens up. Absolutely. Right? But we're yep. so bent on, I have to make my sales quota or I have to close this sale. Even if it's not good for you or me, that, that's just not productive. And your your 210 rule, dude, I needed that a couple of years ago. So here's how the 210 rule hit me a few years ago, and I didn't even know what it was. So I use Otter as a – it transcribes all of my things, right? It's an audio thing. And my son, Caleb, my eldest son, he's my chief operating officer. He started looking at my Otter sales conversations, and he said, hey, daddy, look at the percentages of who's talking more. And, dude, my – I was talking 75 to 80% of the time. We it, it took us a few months, but I, I was able to pivot that and, and I put a sign on my computer actually that said, shut up. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, right? Because <laughs> Jake, I love what I do. I'm passionate and but that's that doesn't matter. I'm not here for me. You're not here for me. You're here for you. Help me understand you and have that back and forth. So the 210 rule is a great, I mean, I would say pause right now. Write out on a piece of paper two slash ten and stick it to your computer to remember the two ten rule. And let me see if I got it. After two minutes, pause and ask a question. And after ten minutes, kind of summarize what's going on. Is that two minutes is an interaction? It can be a question. It can be get allowing them to talk through empathetic statements. It can be anything as long as it's a back and forth where they're forced to think about the response. It's not to be confused with a yes or no question. Yeah. It it's getting them to interact. And Michael, keep in mind that the 210 rule is really the maximums. For all I care, it can be a 30 second, two minute rule, or it can be a one minute, four minute rule. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is you want to get that conversation going. And I firmly advocate in all companies that I work with that cadence of a conversation is far more important than content. If you get that back and forth going, the content is just going to, it's going to work for itself. But if you don't have the cadence, it doesn't matter what your content is. I'm laughing because it's so true. I hope everybody just, all right, if you're listening to this, just hit pause, rewind about 30 seconds and re-listen to what he just said. Cadence is better than content is how I'm summarizing that because it's right. I can't tell you how many times I've been on a sales call or a conversation and I get to the point and I look at the person and they, they've got that deer in the headlights look and I pause and there's nothing. Exactly. So how do you how do you help people understand cadence? Because you're right. In a selling situation, it's not normal because that's not what we're taught to do, Jake. Right. It's exactly right. We're not. And and part of it, Michael, is like you're using the autopilot. Other people use gong. Uh, other people use sales loft. Whatever the mode you use to record and look back at your conversations, that's kind of like the shot across the bow. That's the warning shot that, hey, listen, the, these really need to be flipped. And to be honest with you, I've had people where I put a stopwatch in front of them. If that hits two minutes, you better be ready with something. Mm. And at the end of 10 minutes, you better be ready to go back and say, okay, so Michael, I've talked a lot and I've given you a lot of information. Let's just make sure we're on the same page. And for some people, they're on a stopwatch for a week or two. And for other people, they get it after a day. But yeah. it's just a matter of time. And then we get into the details. What's an interaction look like? And how do you do it easily and quickly? And there's, as you know, there's dozens of ways to do that. 
It's just a matter of making it a habit. It is. And and it's really interesting. I, I pivoted my conversation with, with prospects oh, two or three months ago because I'm always working on it, right? And what I find is when people come to me, there there's there are some barriers that they have up because they're expecting a sales call, right? And a close right. and all. And so here's what I did, good, bad, or indifferent. And I'm like, I, 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 f- I frame it. I've never told anybody this. Man, I'm giving away my signal. So for me, I frame it. It's an, ac- it's an acrostic or an acronym, one of the two, acrostic. Friendly introduction. Hey, Jake, how you doing today? Where you live? Blah, 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 right? R, remove the anxiety. I tell you where I'm going to say, Jake, we're just going to have a conversation. At the end, I'm going to ask you my closing question, which is, Jake, what would you like to do? That's my closing question. So between now and then, what I want to do is just find out where you are and see if I'm the right guy to help you or, or, or not. Is that fair? And man, I tell you what happened is whoosh, now we can get into cadence because I've got three or four questions I need to ask. But then I, I ask one and I ask them to, do you have any questions? What did I? And we're back and forth. And man, it has freed me up. It has helped so much. Now, I don't close 100%, but I never expect to. What I right. do, though, is I build trust with people. And we find out fairly quickly, are we a good fit? Is this the right time? Is this something we should do or or not? Is is that right. fair? Is that am I in the ballpark? Exactly right. And you hit on something really cool, Michael, that we talk about a lot uh, when I chat with companies. Is people are preconditioned. There was a psychologist many moons ago, B.F. Skinner, who one of his theories was free will is an illusion. All we are is a set of preconditioned motions that we go through uh, each day. We're in a similar situation to a situation we've had in the past. I made this decision, so this decision will be applicable today. And I think this is where the whole, uh, I'm not interested, the price is too high, all of that comes from is you're not really saying it. It's just a preconditioned response that you give. Yeah. So our job as salespeople and my job as a trainer is to help you break that conditioning of the client, introduce something that will get them comfortable. And I'm not saying make them uncomfortable or throw in some bizarre question to get them on their heels. I'm talking about, hey, for the first minute, don't even discuss your product. Don't even discuss your company. And good Lord, please don't start with how are you? Because you know what? Nobody really cares. And we all have the preconditioned response of, fine, thanks, how are you? I, yeah, exactly. I just had this with my wife. I was out shopping with her the other day, and I walked by a gentleman, and we locked eyes, and he goes, hey, how are you? And I just said, hey. And he said, fine, thanks. The conversation <laughs> took place in his head, but it never really happened verbally. So yeah. it's just, we're <laughs> all conditioned, and part of selling effectively is breaking that conditioning. Yeah, it, it really is. That, that's, that's, yeah. It's hilariously, it's sad, but it's hilarious. I had somebody the other day. There's a comedian, Brian Reagan, I think his name is, and he, he has a whole shtick on, him. on you, you too, right? Hey, go yep. have a good trip. You too. It's like, oh, <laughs> we don't think, you know, we just no. don't think because we're, we are preconditioned not only for our responses, but as salespeople, right? Well, here's what I was taught to build rapport. I, t- I talk to people all the time, Jake, about, I call it doing the dance. Meaning the first time you meet somebody, you, you got to do the dance to find out right. where's the. So in, in our process with with prospects and, and people, you know, I've got all kinds of videos that go out in precondition. We give them all kinds of information so that when when you show up on a conversation with me, I don't have to do the dance because you already know who I am and what I do and how much it is. And 
let's talk about is this even a good fit for it? It changes the whole dynamic, but too many times business owners, it scares them, Jake, because if I if I start going, if I start listening to Jake and understanding what he's doing, it's going to cost me some sales. Right. Yep. Talk about that. Uh, well, I couldn't agree more. And just for some of the listeners that may be saying, oh, that doesn't happen to me. I don't prejudge things. I would encourage you to think about when your cell phone rings and you look at this phone number come up and you go, oh, good Lord. I just don't have the time for this person today. That's the preconditioning. Yeah. Right. So uh, you are right there, Michael. I think fear plays a big part of it. I have to get this sale. I have to get it done. And in my opinion, we've kind of done it to ourselves. I've been doing this for 30 years. And as salespeople, we've really done it to ourselves. Yeah. And it's going to be time that we start switching it back. I don't think the answer is AI. I know a lot of people are leaning on that. And I yeah. think it's great. It has its place. I'm, I'm not an enemy of AI by any means. But I think it's removing you further from the conversation. I'll give you a great example. I was on okay. with a huge company the other day. I, I don't want to mention who they are, but I bought a product from them online and I was chatting with a salesperson. And at one point, the entire tone of the conversation changed. And I could tell I was handed over to a chat bot. So I put in there, where's my salesperson? And he's like, oh, so-and-so can't be here right now, but I'm here to take care of you. I'll tell you, Michael, I will never ever buy from that company again. I don't care if they're the last ones that have it. But if I am so unimportant to you that you hand me over to a robot, yeah, I'm not interested in doing business. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, there, there's a place for AI, but it's, it's, of course not there in, is. it's not in this human interaction space, right? Agreed. I, I have needs that AI will never be able to do this. Eyeball to eyeball, and I can read your face, Jake. I Correct. can see what's going on behind your eyes. And that'll it just never happen, which is okay. That's why humans are always going to be here. Um, <laughs> exactly. And I think they say that 80% of communication is body language. Yes. So it's something you can't take advantage of if you're not looking at the person. Right, right. And and really, when you think about it, unless you're selling some software technology thing, right? I mean, our product is really high touch, human powered. And so I've got to know are you engaged or are you are you buying me as a product? At, right. Because that's not what I am. And if that's how you're buying me, we're going to have trouble down the road. Right. And so I need to I need to be able to discern that and have that conversation. Can we just have the hard discussions up front? Cuz we may not be the right company for you. Oh no. I know. Yeah, people are afraid to say that. I say that to people all the time. Uh, we we may not be a fit at all. And yeah. if we're not, great. I'm I'm glad to walk away. Absolutely. But uh with yeah, salespeople. I've, I've got I've got a really bad competitor I'll refer you to. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I do private coaching with a number of entrepreneurs and fractional executives, and that is a huge fear. But I need this contract, Jake. I, I need this to happen. And I understand that, but you can't sell based on that fear, because that cell will never recur again. You might get one transaction, but it's not going to be long-term. Yeah, they they can smell the fear and the need. If you come exactly. to, I, I just found, even if I need it, I'm not going to come across as if I need it. And right. we, you know, that's why business owners, I mean, good golly, what is the fat, what, what is one of the fastest ways, Jake, to increase 
your profits and revenues and profits is to get better at selling, at conversations, because you're paying thousands of dollars for these leads. How about having a better conversation to increase your closing ratio from 15 to 22? What right. would that do? Is that is that a fair summary? Yeah, it's a thoroughly fair summary. And listen, there's going to be a lot of people that are on this podcast that are like, this just doesn't happen. I have to make a certain number of calls. And, and if you think that way, that's fine. I, I'm certainly not here to say I know best with everything. But I can tell you from experience all over the world and from 10,000 plus people trained that the people who do the best and the companies that do the best are the ones that don't sell their product. They get a relationship, they build trust, and then the conversation eventually goes around a product. Yeah. You know, I get asked all the time, well, when do I transition? You know what? If you build trust, you can transition anytime you want. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be pretty. It can be, Michael, we've talked for a while. My guess is you're wondering why I've called. You know, it doesn't have to be this awesome segue that's written out by chat GPT ahead of time. It, it's just, it's the human approach. Yeah. It is. And and when you I, I think when you approach business and sales in this case, right, as, as a human endeavor, as if you and I were going to meet at a coffee shop, how, how would I want that conversation to be? Right. Exactly and, and, right. And that's how I I think I said conversation. I didn't even know that. That's but but that's what we want. We want conversations. And when I'm engaging with a vendor, somebody I might do something with, right? I want a conversation. I don't I don't want something behind their back or their manager to come in later, like used car sales thing, you know. Can we just put them put the cards on the table and see if this makes sense? Agreed. And Michael, I think you'll agree that when it comes to this, it's it's going to be a glacial shift, right? We're so used to these numbers, uh, one out of every hundred close. But here's where I think it goes astray with, with companies that I've worked with anyway, is for HR, you have a process. For entering information into your CRM, there's a process. For legal, there's a process. So they think, oh, there must be a process for sales. And I would argue vehemently that sales is an art. And it starts with interviewing people. If you bring in somebody who's brand new off the streets and they haven't sold before, and you want to hand them a sales script, that's perfect. And it's wonderful. And it's your company and, and you can run it the way you want to. But I would argue if you take more time in the interview process and you get somebody who's a people, not a people person, but a person who can easily invoke trust, yeah. you're going to get 10 times the production out of them. And if it takes longer to find that person, so be it. Yeah. But it's worth it in the long run. And yeah. you won't be having a tough conversation with them nine months later that you stink and we're going to have to let you go. Absolutely. And go through the process all over again. Correct. Right? Because, I mean, hiring anybody is expensive. Hiring multiple oh, salespeople is. is exorbitantly expensive. But we, we do it to ourselves because we have these dumb scripts because we think selling should be a science when really it's an art. And it's relationships and it's conversations and refreshing, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, I've got a, a coach. I, I joined Strategic Coach recently, Dan Sullivan, and he's got this phrase that is just resonating with me. And his phrase is, I'm only looking for the people who are looking for me. I like that. 
I he do wrote too. The 10x is easier than 2x, right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. wrote that as well. Great yeah, book. He, I mean, they've been coaching entrepreneurs for years. But when he told when he said that, I just I went, I really like that because it just takes the pressure out. He's like, I'm, I'm if you if I'm not good for you, that's that's okay. There are enough yep. people out there looking for me. We're gonna match and it's all gonna be okay. I thought, I really like that. So I've adopted that and and just morphed it in my thinking more than anything. But to go, you know what? Last week I had, I don't know, five or six or seven sales calls. Four of them were just not even in the ballpark. Uh, that's yeah. okay, man. We had a great conversation. And I was able to point them to other places and say, man, it's so good to meet you, Jake. Hope hope you just do amazing things in your world. Because you know what? I, here's what I know. Down the road, they're going to meet somebody who's thinking about writing a book. And they're going to say, hey, I talked to this one dude out there. Michael, you should just talk to Michael because he's really a cool guy. Yep. And I'm going to get a sale from him. One of my clients that I just got not long ago was referred to me by somebody who I trained 15 years ago. Yeah. It, yeah. it comes around. It may take time, but it comes around. It does. And But it's, it's the, the word that I really like to use, and I, I think you're going to resonate with this, is in, in business, in selling situations, we need to be genuine. Agreed. Authentic. Just be, be yourself. And I, I tell people all the time, this is me. If you like me, let's talk and do some business. If this bothers you, go away. Because this is all you get with me, right? And it, it, there's so much freedom there. And I think if we just, and, and I think so many times in sales, we, we put on those masks. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm this. I'm Right. Can we just you know, talk there, about There's an old dating mantra that says that the man chases the woman until she catches him. And I think there's a lot of psychology behind that in, in business as well, that when you make yourself honest and, and almost unavailable, that you're not the person that they're looking for, it, it almost makes you just a little bit more attractive. It's like, I just went to Home Depot the other day and they didn't have what I was looking for. But the gentleman said to me, listen, you know who has it? And he pointed me to the right store. Well, that makes me want to go back to Home Depot even more now because they did the right thing. That's right. So I think there's a lot to be said for being honest with somebody to the point where we may not be a good fit, but let me show you who may be a good fit to you. As a matter of fact, I'll introduce you. Yeah, that, that, it, dude, you're building trust everywhere right there. And people say, exactly. that's a person of integrity. And I may not be able to give you money today, but I will keep you in top of my mind and I'll refer people to you or point people in the right direction. So, I mean, I don't know if this, I, I assume this all ties back into conversational, adaptive conversational blueprints and things. Right. How, how do you, how do you, do you work with all businesses of all sizes or do you just work with big business, small business? And then how does somebody engage with you? Is, is it a one month, three month, one year? I mean, what are all the different options? How does somebody work with you? Sure. So just real quick, the, the conversational blueprint is just a way to talk with some about, someone about how to build value with your customer. Mm -hmm. It's just a basic primer on these five elements should be present for you to give a proper value statement. So it, it's really just kind of making it a process for people who just say, I want to do this, Jake, but God, I just don't know how to get there. Yeah. Uh, my ideal customer that I found over the years is 500 employees or less. Uh, usually they're a younger company, maybe up to seven years uh, mm -hmm. that they've been in business because they're more willing to adapt on the fly. 
And in my business, in training and development, one thing you find is we're the last ones to get budget and we're the first ones to get cut. So when I became a fractional person, it only makes sense because training development is fractional by nature, mm -hmm. right? We yeah. need you when we need you. We don't when we don't. And it makes perfect sense. So a lot of times the way a company will get to me is they'll get me 99% of the time. I'll either get a referral or they'll reach out to me on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'll be the first one to tell you my website isn't the greatest thing around. Uh, getting it worked on right now, but it's it's one of my many foibles is I'd rather just be doing business than guiding people to my website. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, usually people will reach out to me and then I'll give them a free one hour consult. We'll talk about whether we're a fit or not. And if we are a good fit and they're looking at moving forward, I don't even mind giving a second free hour. Yeah. So I really want to make sure that we're going to be good going forward because you don't want to fire me later. I don't want to fire you as a client later. So yeah. if we take a lot of time right now and a lot of care, we can just make sure that neither of those things happen. Yeah, that is that is so good. I always tell people, I want to have all the hard discussions up front. No question. And then we can just navigate and, and run. And if there are bumps, there are bumps. But what I found is when I have those hard discussions up front or you, your two sales goals, if you have a bump down the road, it's like a speed bump. It doesn't get right. really big because we have the trust already built and, and you, you don't hide from me. Yeah. What's he going to say? Oh, I don't. I'm going to say, let's have a conversation and work it out. It's no big deal. Right. We're all adults here. And that it, trust means a lot. It does. It really does. And it just makes everything go so much more smoothly when we act like adults and not children. So we should communicate like children. Back <laughs> right, <and forth>. Exactly. <laughs> but we should act like adults. Right. 100%. <laughs> All right. So how, how can somebody reach out to you? Is it best to reach out to you then on LinkedIn? Is that the best? Or how does somebody take that next step to just engage in a conversation with you to say, this is really intriguing? Yeah, you can go to jakestallconsulting.com. Uh, my preference is you go to LinkedIn and you contact me through there. Uh, yeah. I do have a newsletter on LinkedIn that you can read. It just gives you little tips each week or little psychological tips. Uh, but yeah, please feel free to reach out to me. It's LinkedIn, Jake Stahl, J-A-K-E-S-T-A-H-L. Excellent. I'm going to make sure that I get all those links and I'll put those in the show notes because, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners, we're out doing things. We're probably in the middle of sales conversations right now. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. yeah make, make, moving that needle. So uh, I'm going to capture all of that in the show notes. So, But do reach out to Jake because he's got a refreshing perspective around sales, business growth, that he, you, you frame it, Jake, as conversations. I would frame it, yeah, as conversations, but as, as really just reality, trust, authenticity, being real. And, and how do you use that? How can you pivot your business to do that? Because you're going to, your, your sales are going to increase when your people show up real and have conversations and meet the needs of their prospects, right? Absolutely. And I liken it to just, if you want to think about this in a different way, think about in, in talking with a significant other or a parent or a friend. When you want to do something with them, you sell them in a completely different way than you sell your business. Hmm. And you just think about how effective we are. You know, if I want to sell my wife on a vacation destination or a place to go to dinner, it's a much different conversation than when I get on the phone with a client. Right. But really, it shouldn't be. It should have the basic fundamentals. It should have that cadence back and forth. It should have that trust built in. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, when companies give it a shot, it's amazing the changes that they see because it helps internally too. If I can teach how to, to talk to your customers, think about what it does for internal communication with managers to direct reports, with direct reports to the higher ups, you know, it, it changes everything. Everything. Yeah. And it's a, that, that's fascinating. I never really made that connection until you just said that, but you, you change the external communication, then you pivot to the internal communication and now you, you've got a better culture and then you pivot that to interviewing people and you, you are changing the dynamics of a business in, in a multiplicity of ways by learning a different way to communicate and have conversations really. And it's sad that in our culture, we actually have to teach all this stuff, but nobody teaches it, right? Yeah. I, the art of talking and listening is, is really gone by the wayside. It has. I, one of my favorite books years ago was uh, How to How to uh, Win Friends and Influence People, Del Carnegie. Oh, yeah. Great book. I, I read that, and people have always told me, Jake, Michael, you're such a good conversationalist. And I look at them, and I'm like, I just ask a question or two, and I shut up. Right. And I listen, and I come back, and that's all I do, but nobody does that. And I think that's part of what you're teaching in a, in a conversation in business is to, to listen, to engage, to share, to listen, to have that cadence back and forth. And it's just super refreshing, man. Thank you. Hey, thank you for that. I will tell you one book that changed my views on a lot of different things. I forget who the author is. I, I can't believe it. I've read it a dozen times, but it's a book called It's Not About You. And it's just a simple story of a salesperson who goes out and makes a big sale and realize that it wasn't about them. It was about the company. It's a really good read. It's a really short read. Can probably polish it in a weekend, but good stuff. That's a great one. It's not about you. Go go find that on Amazon or wherever you find your, your favorite <laughs> books. Jake Stahl, thank you for being my guest on Expert Speak. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, Michael. Thanks for listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. If what you've heard today was helpful to you, reach out to our expert guest and see how they can serve you to bring you more success, freedom, and purpose in your life.